anxiety. And I want to read out of Psalms 139 today to kind of talk about David. And we're going to be looking at David's life and also looking at the lyrics of the Psalms that David wrote. And I would say that that David's words in the Psalms are divinely inspired to help us learn to search within ourselves. It's a wonderful psalm. We're going to read it together because it gives us a picture of both who God is and how God is watching over you and in your life and every situation and every season, but also about the intimacy in which God sees our life. So I want to. Look into verse 17, and I know you just sat down, but will you stand in honor of God's word today as we read it? Psalms 139, verse 17. We're going to pick this up today and read the flow that David writes. It says this, how precious to me are your thoughts, God, how vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you, God, would slay the wicked away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. He's getting a little crazy now. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them. My enemies. And then we begin to see a shift. Because David, up until this point, is focusing on an external factors in his life. And all of a sudden, we're going to see a shift and he makes this move that we see him make over and over again, going from dealing with his enemies to dealing with the enemy. See what I did there? And I want you to see how David is about to take responsibility for his own anxiety. He's not going to put it on the economy. He's not going to put it on inflation. He's not going to put it on King Saul, who's out to kill him. He's not going to put it on his kids, even though he don't have kids at this point. But you know what I'm talking about? He's not going to put it on anybody else but himself. In verse 23, he goes on to say, search me, God. You see, those two words, I believe, would set you free from 90% of the drama because some of you borrow other people's drama to look into other people's lives. Why don't you clap like it's not you? Come on, nobody's going to know. Come on, yeah, that's right, Pastor. You tell them. Search me, God, and know my heart. Did you notice the shift? David goes from kill him. I hate them the way that things are in the world. Those bloodthirsty men, those fake and and crazy politicians, all those people who are corrupt. God, do something about it. He goes from that to, oh, God, search me. You see, nothing changes in my life until I do. There's a posture. Search me. God, know my heart, test me, and know my anxious thoughts. You see, that's where I want to spend some time today, and I've been, I've been asking myself this question lately, 
And that is, why do I feel anxious? Why do I feel anxious? So I want to preach to you today from the title, It Ain't Nothing But a Thing. It ain't nothing but a thing. Father, we thank you for your presence today. We thank you for who you are. I pray, Father, that that your spirit would be made known today. I pray, Lord, that those who are facing worry, those who are facing anxiety, those who are maybe even facing high functional anxiety, a whole other thing. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us. Say, let us see what David wrote in this psalm and how you want to play this out in our life. But God, I pray above all of this, Lord, that we would just today draw closer to you. In any circumstance, in any situation we may find ourselves, that God, we would just draw closer to you. Because we love you and we know you're for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said amen. 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 Give someone a hug or a high five before you take a seat. Welcome them today. Tell them they look good. Tell them they smell good, even if they don't. Tell them they smell good. Some of you are like, no, I can't do it can't do it. Somebody needs to take a shower. That's what somebody said. (laughs) Have you ever had a time where you felt anxious (laughs) all the time? (laughs) Anxious, maybe, maybe anxious about a decision. Anxious about a sale. Maybe you've been anxious about moving or a certain move in your life. Maybe you've been anxious about commitment. You get close to somebody and you want to date them, but you can't commit. So you get anxious. Apparently, according to research, all of us are anxious. And I want to ask the question today, have you experienced anxiety in the last week? Because the truth is, we live in the age of anxiety. Let's be honest about it. I mean, it's almost as if it's marketed to us to the very platforms that were supposed to be giving us our information that they actually engage us using fear tactics so that they can sell advertising time, oftentimes promoting the very same drug and pharmaceutical companies that are owned by the same conglomerates that push out the information that is designed to make us anxious. (laughs) But let's be careful because we sound a little bit like David now. Kill him, God. But then David came to a place where he said, you know, It's not about what's happening out there that makes me anxious. It's actually what I allow to go on in the inside of me that goes undetected and unchecked. It's my thought process that makes me anxious. So David is now saying it's it's not what's happening in the external things that's creating anxiety. It's the way that I'm thinking about it. I want you to to see that because if you look in verse 24, I know that David didn't know about neural pathways. He was not a neurologist, but it sounded a lot like he did because he said in verse 24, see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. 
And now we know that when we think about something for too long and we think about it long enough, it creates this twisted illusion in our minds. You ever had that happen before? And there's a process that by which I get stuck in a rut by thinking over and over and over again. So David is saying, see if there is a way that I've been thinking that has allowed the enemy to traffic in my mind in a way that I'm letting him in. And that's what I want to do today. And God willing, over the next couple of weeks, I want to dive into anxiety. I want to dive into our thought process. And I want to take you through a multi-point test today. We're going to call this a seminar today. Where hopefully you'll begin the test, the multi-point test, answering the question to get past the point where the question of why do I feel anxious is answered with somebody else's name. To hopefully get you past the point of answering that question by mentioning something that is happening on the outside of your control. To hopefully get you to a place where you can see that not only is God watching over your life, but like David understood, even when Saul was trying to kill him, that God is watching out for me. You see, God has a surveillance system that is set on your life in every situation and every season. It is 24-7. He watches over you. Why don't you touch somebody today and say, you better be nice to me because God is watching how you treat me. Let me tell you this. Some spouses need to hear that today. We're going in. Some parents need to hear that today. Be nice to how you Speak to your children because they are God's children, too. And he is their ultimate daddy. I'm just going to take a drink on that one. I think I'm going to take another one on that one. Parents, how do you like when somebody else talks about one of your kids? You want to know that God feels... That way about you a thousand times more and then he's watching over you. Do you I want you to understand that he how he feels about you. So so why am I anxious if my father knows what I need? Why am I anxious if he's numbered the hairs on my head? Why am I anxious if he's promised to supply every need? Now, I'm not necessarily referring to this in a medical sense, please don't take that. I don't mean that I'm trying to say that your sin or your behavioral choices are always responsible for your anxiety. That's not what I'm saying. But I want to show you today that regardless of where it's coming from, because I'm not a doctor, I did not go to 18 years of medical school, but that maybe that there are some things in me that are making me vulnerable and I'm allowing things in my life to make me more vulnerable to the way that things are and allowing me to remain anxious. So when the Bible says in Philippians that it says, do not be anxious about anything. I don't think it means that we can never feel anxiety. That's not what I think that that he's saying that the writer is saying. It's rather that when we stay anxious. It doesn't mean that we're not going to face moments and seasons of our life where our hands are shaking and we can't take a breath not what that means. I'm talking about the pervasive sense that when things are going right, but you can't enjoy them because it probably won't last long. And you're looking around every corner for what's going to happen next. I want you to see something that maybe you haven't realized today, that maybe you've forgotten or that maybe you've even ignored. 
And I want to take you through Psalms 139 over the next couple of weeks. And I want to show you and I want you to pay attention. I want you to write these things down. OK, and I'm going to tell you, if you don't write these down, you're not going to sleep very good this week. So write these things down. When I'm anxious, the first thing I need to check, we're going to talk about this things that we need to check is my intake. You need to check. Your intake. The first thing I must consider when I'm anxious is what am I full of? Because I have found that that anxiety and love handles have one thing in common. You can't pray them to go away. They both matter with your intake. Working on it. I like having love, but I don't like the handles that come with them. Oh, did you know that there's something that I that I know that that is a fact that contributes to our anxiety? Did you know something too? this this thing right here? This thing has a feature on on, on it. And, and 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 regardless of whether you have the original iPhone that, that doesn't even have a number next to it. You know, the original or the iPhone 23 that that there is this feature that I want to show you. It's the best feature yet. I'm still learning how to use it from time to time. All models have it. You don't even have to have an iPhone. You can you can have any phone. All models have this. They all have it. You know, you want to see something that they can do. If you hold these two buttons on the side. Did you, did you know it had that feature? We can't take in. All of that and still have room for the peace of God. So you're praying for the peace of God to come in your life, but God doesn't have anywhere to put it because your mind is so full. You were not designed to have any and every conversation in the back of your pocket at any click of a finger all the time, just walking around buzzing like snipers. You were not created for that. What did they say? And where did they go on vacation? And what about that press conference? What about what's happened in America today? Just turn it off. Life was not supposed to, to be this way. So, of course, we're freaking out. Of course, we're walking around like zombies. Of course, we're numbing ourselves and smoking it and drinking it and sleeping around with it. Of course, we can't stop it. It's like the devil has this shock collar on us all the time and we don't even know it. Just buzzing away. Bzz, bzz. So, so you go through your week, you're so full of everything, and then you, you come in here asking God to speak to you and you ask me to give you a 40-minute inspiration of what God told you to do and what God is saying, and you try to cram that on top of 87 hours of other media and God's like, where am I going to put it? You're too full with everything else. You didn't leave any room for me. And it's, it's created a hard wire on how we think. How can you have peace when you don't have room for it? Growing up in church, there, there was always this thing, especially in youth ministry. Pastor Steve used to say this and other, other pastors in my life. And if you've been in church any length of time, especially earlier in the 90s and things like that, he used to say this phrase all the time, garbage in, garbage out. Anybody ever heard that phrase before, garbage in? Garbage out. About 12 of you. Okay. It was, it was basically saying that, that I don't listen to bad music or watch bad movies. Because if I do that, garbage in, 
Garbage out. You know, we used to burn all our CDs. We had those youth nights where you're crying and you're like, I've sinned and I'm burning and breaking CDs. And we had like this fire pit and we're throwing them in. We're like, the devil is alive. Like, you know, anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever been that in the 90s or the 2000s? You threw away those CDs. Nelly and how about like, oh, not Nelly. You ever had that happen? All your rock and roll music, you know, that was like crazy or whatever it may be, whatever your genre you listen to. But, but you see, there's some good to that, too. Garbage in, garbage out. And I think that it, we have to be in tune with what your conscience takes in to understand the darkness that you may find yourself. But I also think that what we don't take in is just as fatal to our faith as what we do take in. So it's not just what you do take in. It's also what you don't take in. And I think that some of us are on a spiritual starvation diet and we don't even know it. We've, we've lost sight of it. And so we, we have faith that we don't feed and therefore we cannot access the strength that we actually possess when we feed it. Are you following me today? And so you've got to learn to get your intake levels up. And when I first started, you know, trying to work out, trying to get rid of these love handles and trying to eat healthier and, the first thing that I, that I was told that, that if you research any length of time or you understand anything about fitness, and I know I'm not talking about fitness burger in my mouth, no, but the first thing you have to understand, the way to get the results that you want, I had to realize that I cannot out-train a bad diet. Anybody ever heard that from a fitness trainer before? It's like, you can come in here and train all day, all night like you want to. You can be in here two days for two hours, but if you eat like garbage... Ain't gonna make no difference. Many many trainers will even tell you to keep a food log, to write it all down, put it in the phone. You know, you're counting calories and macros and carbs and fat and calories and whatever else, because you got to know what you're taking in. You need to know what's what you're feeding yourself. You need to know what's going into your body. And I wonder what it would look like if you kept a thought log and of everything you just let in. I wonder what that thought log would look like. So if you let the enemy in, but then you pray for God to drive him out, it creates this cycle. Where you're creating your own state of mind that you're just praying it away. But you're allowing it to come in. So there has to be a knowledge of search me, God. You have to let God show you. You have to let God see with his eyes what you're taking in. And I even mean this in the terms of relationships. Who are you allowing into your life? Who are you allowing even into your kid's life? You know, some people that, that I believe, you know, you, you, you're around, they drain you in your faith. And I know you have to be around them for a little while, but you need to learn that when you get around them, you maybe need to put on a little bit of SPF like 75, like some spiritual protection 75 when you get around them. Some of y'all need to be just hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let me get my. I got to get my protection on today before I get around you because you're going to challenge my faith in a way that I wasn't supposed to be challenged. And you're going to say some things that that is not correct according to scripture. And it's going to it's going to contaminate or or intoxicate the way that I live my life. And I can't allow that to happen because I'm going to I'm going to stand on God's word. I'm not going to stand on your word. It doesn't matter about your opinion. It matters what God said. So I got to put a little SPF, some spiritual protection, because my spirit matters. It matters. And I think it would be good for sometimes every now and then that we check our intake levels. 
Oh, well, you know, I haven't read another Bible verse since they put it on screen at Skybreak Church. So it might, that might be a good thing. And let me tell you, you probably have like like 97 percent of the apps on your phone are empty calories. Like you've mastered Candy Crush. And I mean, like, I'm not saying don't play Candy Crush. But I'm pretty concerned that sometimes that we're filling ourselves with empty calories. And so we're weak when we walk into battle. We wonder why. We cannot forget that every day when you wake up, you step on a battlefield. And I don't mean just physically, but I also mean in your mind. Yes, we, we're going to face these things and we got to learn to protect our intake and what we allow into our life that will produce positive results. What you take in should be things of good, not of evil. So let me tell you something. Coming to church and participating and serving is great. Tell your neighbor, say it's great. It's great. It's great. That'll fill you with the right stuff, okay? But if you only get filled once a week, then you will find yourself in a place where, where you won't grow as a believer and you'll wonder why your spiritual stamina can't handle it when life hits you. And when life starts to throw its things at you, you, will, you, you when you have to fight back, you won't have the energy because you've only eaten one meal a week. Now your theology begins to be stripped. Your perspective of a biblical worldview begins to change. You begin to switch from a, a kingdom cultured mindset to a worldly one. And you begin searching for any other additional supplement that is not of God, this superficial idea of life and growth. And you'll realize very quickly that it will not sustain you. Somebody shout, check your intake. Your intake levels have to be balanced. What you take in and what you don't matters. Check your intake. Another thing that you have to check when you ask the question, why am I feeling anxious is I also need to check my imbalance. Write that down. Imbalance. Now, I don't mean a chemical imbalance. That's beyond my purview, but. What I do mean is when you don't have a sense of what's important in your life and when you don't have a sense of priority in your life and you and everything feels urgent, it's a sign that you haven't figured out what's really important in life yet. And I've been here many times leading a church. Everything can feel urgent. Everything. Always. But I've learned that if I if I'm open to everybody else's demand, they'll all take up equal space. I'm going to go in a little bit personal for you. So by saying yes to certain people or saying yes to certain things or yes to certain events or things, then I'm saying an automatic no to the other things that really matter sometimes. So I, I could preach about balance today. I, I could sit up here and preach how, you know, you need to work out and you need to pray and you need to eat good. And you need to spend time with the Lord and all of that. But that's not that kind of sermon today. What, what I mean is that you've got to balance on what you give weight to. That's what I mean. What you're giving weight to. It's that sometimes we're stressed out because we are giving too much weight to the wrong words and, and we're not giving enough weight to the right ones. We're giving weight to sometimes the wrong people in our life and not giving the right weight to the right people in our life. And we're out of balance because we have this feed. And everything on this feed is the same size. 
And because it's all the same size, it carries all the same weight. So we live in a state of stress because we haven't learned how to weigh it all out. It's all the same weight. You've got to weigh it out. You see, this is going to free somebody here today because because when 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 someone doesn't like you, let me just tell you something. It doesn't really matter. I mean, it depends on who it is. If it's your spouse, that probably matters. It probably matters if, you know, you got to live with that person. If it's your kids, yes, that, 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 that matters. But the other week I was, I was talking with someone. Can I get real with you? I'm going to anyway. It's more of a rhetorical question. But the other week I was, I was talking to somebody and, and someone was telling me, they were, they were saying something about me and they were, they were telling me something about our church and something that they felt. I'll say it that way. And um, in the conversation, I didn't say much, didn't really need to. But you know what I told myself with all the things that they were saying, what I told myself in my mind? It doesn't really, really matter what they think because I know what God said. It doesn't really matter. I had to learn to give the right weight to the right words. Give the right rate, weight to the right voice. I knew that what they were really saying, it wasn't really that, but yet rather it was their own insecurities. I knew it. I could see it because let me tell you something. I don't need someone to validate something that God told me to do and that I see happen every single week here right in front of my eyes. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. But I already know that God is in this place. Thank you very much. I already know that he is glorified in this place and that lives are being changed forever. Thank you very much. I'm sorry you think that it's not for you, but I'm not waiting on you to give me some award that's not yours to give. That is God's place to give his blessing. And let me just say this, sweetheart. We were here before you showed up and we're going to be here if you decide to go because God's the one who called me, not you. We won't talk real today because I had to be assured in my inner peace. A space that I actually had to make room for God. Some of you need to learn that when you're talking to some of your coworkers, you need to you need to have this in your mind. Having a place where you know that God has already spoken to you in an inner peace that you allow to stay there. To know that it really doesn't matter what they say, that if God said it, that's all you need. That's all you need. You've got to have the right weight behind the right words. So that way you can stay in balance in your peace. That's what's going to matter. I was talking to a, um, a mentor, pastor friend of mine not too long ago. And I was, I was telling him about some situations some things that were going on in my life that were complicated and all these things and all this place of stress. And I was worried about this. I was anxious about this. And I gave him like a several minute speech. And he just looked at me. Just talking and talking and I talk for a living. So like I, I could talk and and I was asking for his advice and I, and I got like I got like ready to, to like write down like what is he going to say? Like he's going to help me figure out what I'm supposed to do, how to how to make this decision. He's going to tell me. And after after he listened to everything that had happened, after he listened to everything that I said, you know what he said? Nate, it ain't nothing but a thing. I was like, What? No, I need you to tell me what I need to do about this. Like, I'm worried about this situation. This is complicated right now. But you know what? He didn't say another thing. Nate, 
It ain't nothing but a thing. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and look at them and say the name and just say that situation you're facing. It ain't nothing but a thing. Now turn to the other person that you know you really like to say that to. It might be your spouse. You might have had an argument on your way to church. You look at them in the eyes, say the name, say, baby, it ain't nothing but a thing. My pastor done said it. It ain't nothing but a thing. <laughs> in other words, it don't really matter. And this is true about 99.9999999973% of what you're saying you're and staying up or are worried about. You know, there's been many times even in my life where I've been laying in my bed at night worried about something and anxiety is just, just I'm like, why do I feel this way? And I'm thinking about this and I got all this going on in my mind and I can't sleep. And I remember God reminding me many times in my life. He says, why are you staying awake, worried about something that I've already worked out? And somebody needs to hear that today. Why are you worried? Why are you anxious about something that God has already worked out? You see, because when I give weight to that promise from God, when I give weight to the right things, when I have a clear sense of priority in my life, I'm okay if people get angry if I say no. I'm okay with that. Because my no for them is a yes to something I already decided was more important than what any than no matter what demand or anything that may be required of me in that given moment. I've already met Pastor Jared talked about this like last week that I make decisions on a commitment on a, what I've already made a decided to not on a feeling. And this is the thing that I'm constantly and continually reminded of, and that is this, that Christ is a solid rock. But if you don't know how to stand on that rock with the right balance, the devil will push you around and make you unsettled, always feeling tossed and turned. But let me tell you, when you make up your mind, when you make up your mind, come on, this is going to free somebody today. When you make up your mind on what does matter and what really doesn't matter because what does matter or what doesn't matter is what they think that don't really matter what does matter is what God knows what does matter is what God said because verse 22 says search me God know my inner thoughts know me test me he said test me that means you're going to be tested you're going to be tested and know that the teacher is always silent during the test. He says, verse 24, see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. I feel like somebody's getting their peace back today. Somebody's getting their balance back today. Somebody's getting their perspective back today. You're seeing it right now and you're realizing that what you actually see, it ain't nothing but a thing. It ain't nothing but a thing. It matters. Let me tell you what matters. It matters that I keep my faith. It matters that I have a grateful attitude. It matters that I don't let my current situation contaminate my spirit. That matters. It's time that we give weight to the right things and let go of the weight of the words of things that don't matter. Let me tell you something. If it's taking you away from your destiny and purpose, then it's the wrong weight. If it's taking you away from your God-assigned relationship, 
then it's the wrong weight. If it's taking you away from the principles of God's word and what God said, then guess what? No matter what the world says, if it ain't lined up, it's the wrong weight. So stop giving the right decision or making the decision on the wrong weight. It's time to check our imbalance. It's time to check our intake with a greater sense of value. It matters. It matters. And I know in a room like this, maybe even on the other side of a screen, that there are many of you who are, maybe you've allowed your intake to be the wrong thing. Or maybe you've neglected your intake. That you're not filling it with the things that it needs to be filled with. And you're filling it with the things that maybe are wrong. And maybe that there's others of you in, in, in a room of this size where your life, you've just allowed it to fall into a place of imbalance. That you've been giving weight to the wrong people. You've been giving weight to the wrong things. You've been giving weight to the wrong words over your life. And today is the day that God wants to turn that all around. I want everybody across this room today. I want you to stand to your feet. If you're at home, I want you just to stand wherever you may be in your living room, in your bedroom. To one of our fellow church members, if you're in the Walmart break room right now, I'm telling you, he says it every week. If you're on, the, if you're on it, you know. Because there's some of you that are facing anxiety today. You're facing worry and you're finding yourself staying up all night anxious for something that ain't nothing but a thing. You've been looking at something so close in your perspective that you fail to realize that it's really small in the scheme of everything that, you're, that, that God wants to do. Because you're so close to it. It's really hard to see God's way when you're looking this close to it. Because everything's going to look bigger when you zoom it in. Everything's going to look bigger when you, when, you, when you do that right there. And I believe that there is... Some people here today that are facing anxiety, you're facing worry. And God wants to let you see a new perspective today. And if that's you today, if you're facing some anxiety, if you're facing some worry, I want to pray for you. I want to pray that, that God would, would allow you to see a new perspective, that God would allow you to take a step back and that God would give you a peace that surpasses all understanding that God would allow you to put a balance back in your life to give weight to the right things. That God would show you what you need to do for your intake and what you need to not let in and what you do need to let in. And if that's you, if you're facing that today, if you're facing some anxiety, I want you just to lift up your hand today. If that's you, you're facing some anxiety, you're worried about a decision. This could be in your career. This could be in your marriage. This could be just, I don't even know how to parent. I got four kids now. I'm still trying to figure this all out. I'm raising my feet, hand, toes at all. But if you're facing that today, I want to pray over you today. Just lift up your hand. And as a church family, if you see somebody with their hand lifted, why don't you just place your hand on their shoulder? And I want to pray. Let us pray over them today. Because here's the thing. You may not be facing anxiety right now, but guess what? You will at some point. You may not be facing worry about a situation right now, but it will happen because you will be tested. Let us gather together. Let's pray over this today. Father, 
You see every single person that is lifting their hands today, whether in this room or on the other side of a screen. Come on, church, just begin to pray for them. Father, I just pray right now that whatever anxiety, whatever worry that they're facing in their life, whatever has been keeping them up at night, whatever has been allowing them to have their hands shake and their heart flutter and things that are so big in their perspective, the things that they've been taking into their life, the things that have caused them to get out of balance and sit the wrong weight to the wrong things. God, I pray today that you would allow us to have a better intake, Lord, that you would allow us to be in the right balance, Lord, that we would give weight to your words and get lose the weight of somebody else's, God, that we would know what you've said, and God, that you would bring forth a peace in their life, Lord, that you would settle their spirit, you would calm their soul, you allow them to see that, God, you are watching over them, and you're watching out for them, so God, no matter what situation may be on the external factor, God, let us look within today. Let us answer the question on feeling anxious or worry or doubt or fear. Let us not answer it with somebody else's name anymore. Let us not answer it with an external circumstance, but God, let us answer it on our thought process. And God, what you're doing in me. God, help us to see a clear view. Help us to have peace of mind to know that you've got it all taken care of. Help us to know, Lord, even in the slightest bit, that you are with us through the end. That you're holding our hand the entire way. So, Father, we, we release your spirit. We release your presence into your people. We speak your name, Jesus, over every circumstance, over every situation, over every anxiety and fear and worry that they're facing today. And we say in Jesus' name, they must fall off them, that that weight no longer can hold them, that your, your word is what prevails, your promise is what endures, that your love will endure through all generations. So, Father, we stand on your foundation today. Stand on your word. We pray, Lord, that we would make room for your peace. And Lord, that we would clear out the clutter of the other things that don't really matter. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. With every eye closed, every head bowed just for a moment more. There may be some of you today that maybe you've not given your life to Jesus. And I don't want to go another moment without giving you the opportunity that maybe today you've come in here. Maybe you've been coming for a little while. Most of you, we know that you, you do. You've probably been checking this out for a while. Who is this Jesus? What is this all about? Let me tell you, friend, we believe about what the Bible says, the irrefutable word of God. We believe that in John three sixteen, where it says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, his name was Jesus, that that he came and he took on the cross, that he took on your sin and shame and guilt, that he nailed it to that cross, that he shed his blood for all of mankind, that even people that would never say, I want to follow you or love you back, he still did it for them. And he did all of that so that way you could have life and that way you would not. He paid your debt. He paid the price for your sin. Past, present, and future, he paid it all with his blood. He says that if you believe in him, that you will not perish. That there is an afterlife to this. There's a place called heaven, and there's a place called hell. And they're both very real. 
The Bible says that if you believe in him in Romans 10, 9, that if I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus was raised from the dead, that Jesus is the son of God, that he is the Messiah, he is the savior of the world, that if I confess that with my mouth and I just believe it in my heart, it doesn't matter how good or bad I've been. It don't matter what good decisions I made and that you can't earn your salvation. It says you confess it with your mouth, leave it in your heart. It says you will be saved. So I want to give that opportunity today with every eye closed, every head bowed. If you're in this place today and you don't know Jesus, maybe you've never allowed him into your life or maybe you lived for him at one point, but life has caused you to go astray. You've been given wrong balance and wrong weight to the wrong things. Maybe you've allowed your intake to be the wrong things. And you've come today as a, maybe a last point of desperation to say, God, I need you. And you want to rededicate your life back to Christ. I want to give you that chance too. Whether for the first time or a rededication. With every eye closed, I want to count down from three. And if that's you today, I just want you to lift up your hands so I know who I'm praying with. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. I'm not going to ask you to, to do anything crazy. I just want to know who I'm praying with today. If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand, even online. If that's you, click that button. Let us know. Three, two, one. If that's you today, just lift them up. Lift them up. Lift them up. Thank you, Jesus. Lift them up. I see those hands. Thank you, Jesus. Lift them up. Lift them up. A new life. God wants to make all things new in your life today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, church. Why don't we put our hands together for everybody who's made a decision. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I want us to pray this prayer. This is a, a prayer of faith. It's a confession prayer to, to ask Jesus into our life. Let's pray this all together. If you've already prayed this prayer, maybe you've prayed it a thousand times. But pray it in support of those who have made that decision today. Say, dear Jesus, come into my life. Help me to live a new life in you. God, I accept you as Lord and leader of my life. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me. And today I ask that you would forgive me of all my sin and help me to live a new life in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Everyone said a big amen. Come on, church, let's make some noise for everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the family of God.